At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. What's up, Liberty lovers? Today's show is sponsored by our friends at ammo.com. There's nothing more American than ordering a stockpile of ammunition and having delivered right to your doorstep. But you know what? It gets even better than that. Not only does ammo.com deliver sweet, beautiful packages of ammunition right to your door, they're also run by libertarians. In fact, you can read an awesome article on their site right now that I've linked to on the show notes page called Locked Up, How the Modern Prison Industrial Complex Puts So Many Americans in Jail. And you know what? It gets even better than that. When you buy at ammo.com, 1% of every single sale, that's gross sale, not net, goes to a libertarian cause of your choosing that you get to pick at checkout. And the best part, the kicker, through the link ammo.com slash Lions of Liberty, you get $20 off your order of 200 or more. So support this show, help to spread the ideas of liberty, and buy some ammo to defend your personal liberty. Bam! Welcome to Felony Friday, a presentation of the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, John Odermatt. Felons, friends, and freedom lovers, welcome back to another edition of your favorite criminal justice show, Felony Friday. We're bringing it to you every single week right here on the home of the original Variety Libertarian podcast, Lions of Liberty. That's right. There's a lot of pretenders out there, a lot of people who are trying to be like us, act like us, trying to get famous like us in the libertarian community. We're not famous. I'm, I'm just kidding. We're definitely not famous. But this show, Lions of Liberty, this podcast was the first variety libertarian podcast. A little piece of history for you uh, on this fine Friday morning, if you're listening to this as it's released. Um, but on the Lions of Liberty podcast, as you know, that this is, a, this is a variety show, there's more than just Felony Friday. There's our Monday show hosted by Mark Clare, where Mark is interviewing leaders in the libertarian movement. There's our Wednesday show hosted by Brian McWilliams, where Brian is, uh, you know, Brian is doing some crazy stuff, and he's reviewing current day events, he's cursing a lot, and he's making you laugh. It's His show is called Electric Liberty Land, and... Uh, I highly suggest you don't miss it because it's a uh, it's an awesome show. And every Friday, of course, Felony Friday, where a lot of the times I'll bring on someone who's been through the criminal justice system and we'll talk through that experience, the obstacles they had to overcome, everything that they faced while they were in prison, once they got out of prison, everything they had to get through in order to find success after prison, or like today's episode, which is just a super, super fascinating episode. I'm really looking forward to for you, I mean, you guys are going to love the content that we're digging into here because on today's show, this is, it's really the confluence of criminal justice reform, entrepreneurship, and technology. This is the libertarian dream. This is the private sector coming in to help 
to reform or make better a broken criminal justice system and provide avenues to make it easier. For example, we'll be talking about expunctions today. So easier to expunge your record. So definitely stick around. You're going to love my guest today. This guy, I'm telling you right now, he's, he's going to be freaking famous. So keep his name, keep his name in mind. While you're thinking of that, though, if this is your first time listening, that's okay. That's cool. But if you've listened a couple times and you haven't subscribed yet, go subscribe. What are you waiting for? Go to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Overcast or Google or wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify. Subscribe. You know, have have this show delivered right to your phone. You know, have all of our uh, three shows per week delivered to your phone, and don't think about it. Just wake up on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, hit play, and get Liberty directly into your eardrums. Today's episode, there's going to be some important links that I will be uh, discussing with my guests. You can find those at lionsofliberty.com slash ff166. I cannot believe this is the 166th episode of Felony Friday, guys. Where has the time gone? Well, I have no idea. It's been a crazy ride. Let's get rolling with today's show. My guest today on Felony Friday is Yusuf Kasim. Yusuf is the founder and CEO of Easy Expunctions. It is the only software-driven service company that specializes in automating the legal documents for personal reputation management. It's a really cool service. I'm excited to learn more about it. It was founded uh, back in Austin, Texas in 2014. And this was shortly after Yusuf filed a patent for this new method, this new technology, which automates this, uh, this process. So we're going to learn all about that, learn all about Yusuf's past and how we got into this. I'm excited to talk about it today. Yusuf, welcome to Felony Friday. Uh, thank you so much, John. Uh, really excited to be here and share our story uh, with your listeners. Awesome, man. Um, and thank you for coming on the show. I know you're a busy guy, and we went back and forth for a little while. I'm really happy we are able to uh, to get this interview in. Uh, I think a good place to start before we get into talking about really the founding and the motivation for Easy Expunctions, all that stuff, just so my listeners could get to know a little bit more about you, really you know, your past and what drives you. Just what's your backstory? Where'd you grow up? What was your experience like growing up? Uh, just if you could share that. Yeah, so I I was born in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and uh, lived in Louisiana for a little bit in uh, Oklahoma. And then in uh, fourth grade, we moved to Lake Jackson, Texas, and that's where I grew up and went to high school. Both my uh, parents were really hardworking. Uh, you know, they had businesses at different times, uh, but always modeled you know uh, the example of hard work, charismatic uh, folks, and uh, good leaders. You know, always taught us to you know treat people right, and um, yeah, encouraged us to you know do what we wanted to do. And I, I had some siblings, um, have an older brother, an older sister, a little brother, a little sister. So right there in the middle, and um, yeah. So I, I think uh, growing up, you know, we would always compete against each other. Um, you know, whether sports, you know, sports or um, academics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always had a job. You know, I. You know, with wait tables in uh, high school and college, and uh, had a lawn mowing business. Um, you know, middle school uh, time, and you know, had a lemonade stand. But um, we would sell, you know, just about anything that you know, our parents had in their closet. 
in that limited scene. And, you know, I remember uh, we even had a, a novel approach and we would literally go knock on people's doors and ask them if they wanted, you know, Nesquik or a PB&J sandwich or you know, something that, you know, we felt like we could sell. And so um, always really entrepreneurial. That's that's really cool. So the the entrepreneurial spirit was sort of almost just with you when you were born. Um, you know something that that was instilled in you early. That's that's really cool. I'm curious. You know, since you ended up going down this path with uh, easy expunctions, when you were growing up, did you have any interactions with people who had a criminal past or anything like that? Did you have anyone in your family or friends, or was that something you were exposed to? Um. You know, not, you know, through my parents, you know, my parents had, uh, you know, never, uh, never been arrested or anything like that. But, you know, from a young age, um, you know, I saw my parents treat uh, people with the same level of respect, uh, no matter what their background was or what their experience was. Or, um, so I think that, you know, uh, you know told me how, uh, you know, I should be treating people whether they have a record or they don't have a record, and, um, you know, but uh, also worked at uh, one of my uncles had a convenience store and I would work there in the summers and stuff like that. And just, I would just chat it up with customers and you know, talk to them. And, you know, some folks would share with me their experience. You know, um, I remember uh, when I was probably about 10 years old, um, my dad drove my brothers and I to a prison just to, mm-hmm. you know, show us and say, you know, you're bad. This is where you go. And, uh, you know, I guess try to try to scare us when we were younger, but, um, yeah, that was, you know, my experience, uh, you know, with that until, you know, went to college and, um, you know, was arrested uh, one time when I was in college and, you know, the charge was dismissed. It's, you know, relatively minor, uh, you know, misdemeanor offense. And, uh, you know, but when I went to apply for, uh, job with banking so i studied finances in undergrad mm-hmm. you know it, it showed up and it was really embarrassing to have to explain the situation despite the fact that the charges were dismissed and you know no, you know that's when i learned about expunctions so that was about 2008 learned about you know the value of an expunction and generally speaking you know there's you know every state has uh, different laws and uh, different effect you know what an expunction means but generally speaking, they normally share these two attributes. And one is, you know, uh, the ability to deny that the arrest ever occurred, which I thought was important. And then two, the uh, right to prohibit possession or distribution of that information by others. And so really powerful tool for folks who are eligible uh, to get an assumption. I couldn't afford an attorney at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, called a few and they wanted to charge me $1,500 uh, to get it done. I learned how to do it on my own and it uh, took me probably a little over a month and my first documents, you know, weren't very pretty. You know, I went and filed uh, representing myself when I was successful and, you know, walked out of the courthouse. It was such a great feeling. You know, I uh, felt really empowered. I had saved some money. Um, I had uh, received some closure on an issue that had been holding me back in some ways. And, mm-hmm. I think I had an improved self-esteem. You know, you feel better about yourself. I thought, you know, this would be a wonderful business to bring to others. I didn't know if I was allowed to or not. I didn't know if this was exclusively, you know, lawyer domain. And, um, 
then uh, decided to want to be an attorney and uh, you know, went to law school. And Did that experience, was that the inspiration for you to go to law school or were you already thinking about it prior to that? Yeah, I think, you know, always been, you know, pretty justice minded, you know, um, you know believe in fairness, and, um, you know, thought that, you know, want to have an impact in my life. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, so that, I think, was the motivation behind law school. Um, this was just, uh, you know, a business idea that I had based on my own personal experience. And um, I think as I started, uh, you know, going through law school, it became uh, more and more compelling, you know, something that I felt, you know, I had to do. Yeah, I guess when, uh, it, so had you, at that point in time, had you done research to see if it was, possible to do it to start this service before you went to law school or was that something that it was still churning around in your brain i'm still churning around in my brain and this space is still uh relatively unclear you know mm-hmm. uh, we've had companies like this zoom and rocket lawyer you know sort of chart the path for you know self-help type legal you know assistance for folks online and so um but at that time it was still really you know, early, um, you know, I, I wasn't sure if I was I was allowed to or not. I certainly started talking to more people about it. And I purchased the domain name easyexfunctions.com in 2010 and didn't do anything with it. You know, went to law school uh, later that year and graduated 2013 and um, successfully sat with the bar exam. And, you know, during that time, I, you know, um, been involved uh, with, uh, some entrepreneurial ventures. My brother's an entrepreneur and you know, helping him with his uh, his business. And then, um, you know, him and I lived together when I was in law school. And, and I would take classes that were, you know, focused on you know, technology, entrepreneurship, and, um, corporate planning, and just knowing that I, I was going to start, you know, some kind of business. And uh, during that time, just, uh, you know, the idea kept uh, becoming more and more compelling, and um, you know, started iterating on it, and you know what what that would look like, and how to deliver that service. At that time, I had um, no idea how to automate uh, the process. Um, mm-hmm. I really just wanted to deliver people the documents to do it themselves, you know, do it manually. And um, I thought, you know, that if folks had the right documents, they knew where to go and what to expect. Um, you know, injustice aside, uh, certain outcome can be expected in most mm-hmm. instances. You know, the law is relatively clear, and um, you know, most instances you qualify, you don't. And so, not you know, a lot of facts are really you know, argued. So, so what was the? Was that what the early experience, easy expunctions was? Was it a site you could go to really just to get this information and learn how to do it yourself? Well, you know, we. What we do as a company is, you know, provide individuals, you know, uh, with the ability to, to do this on their own. You know, mm-hmm. So we're empowering individuals. Uh, the first thing that I did actually, um, you know, besides purchasing the domain name, was uh, filing that patent, you know, for the system method and process of document automation that we utilize. And so from the very beginning, um, you know, this was, uh, you know, a software business and data-driven software business. That, yeah, but I think, you know, during the time that I had the idea, it was more just about, I want to deliver this type of service. I want to empower individuals to do this on their own. Mm-hmm. I think having thought about it so long and iterated on it for so long, 
you know, it became more and more obvious how to automate the process. So if I could just ask you about, about the patent filing process. So uh, do you, do you have a background in software development or did you hire someone to? Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, um, I mean, from a functional so how, how difficult, like, I, I know you don't have to get into the details of it, but like how difficult of a process was that to get a patent for an automated system? Like yeah, that? I, you know, filed the provisional patent and uh, felt, you know, comfortable enough, um, with my uh, knowledge and experience, um, you know, as, uh, you know, baby attorney, you know, being able to read and, you know, research things and mm-hmm. uh, sufficient to file a provisional patent and then uh, pass it on to, uh, you know, a patent attorney, you know, somebody who specializes in this to file the full utility uh, patent based on the provisional application. It took me about three months uh, to write it out. It was over a hundred pages. And I think, uh, um, you know, I dedicated almost hundred percent of my time during that three months to this, you know, adding on. And yeah, I think when I had the idea, it was just a really exciting you know, time. Yeah. Um, so you're donating hundred percent of your time to this, pouring everything you have into it. I'm assuming you didn't have time to take on clients and make money that way. So how did you support yourself during that time? Yeah. So I was, you know, really fortunate, um, you know, something that I, I tell folks um, who are interested in being entrepreneurs is uh, cultivate a great network of people. You know, hang out with great people. Um, you know, your friends, the people you interact with, um, could end up being your business partners, your investors, your employees. Mm-hmm. Um, they could be people that you. And I think uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to cultivate such a great network of folks that supported me. Um, so when I was writing out the patent. You know, I lived on the couch at my friend's house that, you know, my brother was, you know, renting a a room out of and he stayed there. And, you know, my, uh, my other brother gave me a debit card and said, you know, you can charge your meals on this. And, you know, then once I filed the patent, you know, I went to a family friend. It's always been very encouraging and supportive and knew me since, uh, you know, very young age and, you know, knew that I was, you know, trafficking and business ideas and always mm-hmm. you know, wanting to start a business. And you know, so he said, when you have your first idea, you bring it to me. And, you know, that's what I did. And, um, you know, just took to him the patent that I filed. And within 30 minutes, he'd agree to invest uh, in my business. And so at that point, my brother, who I was living with, uh, you know, gave me a 10 by 10 at his office and uh, took the investment money and, I paid myself a really modest uh, salary, and um, then I uh, hired a, a data architect uh, to start building out the system. Yeah, and so we were off at that point. And it, how many years ago was was this? That was in 2014. So from 2014 until today in, in 2019, so it's been five years. So w- what is... What is Easy Expunctions today? What, uh, what, what do you offer and what are the services? Sure. So Easy Expunctions is uh, the only company that provides individuals with a clear path to a clear record. Um, you know, folks come to our site, they create an account. For no charge, we'll show them what's on their record. Uh, for $20, we'll show you what our system has determined that you're eligible for as far as... Uh, you know, beneficial legal services, whether it's an assumption or non-disclosure of your record. 
and you can generate those relevant legal documents. Um, we were founded in Austin, um, but two years ago we received economic incentives from the city of San Antonio and Bear County to move our company to San Antonio. And uh, at the time we had about six jobs. And, um, you know, we've since grown our business uh, today to over you know, 27 um, you know, full-time employees and uh, you know, 21 of those employees are based in San Antonio. So is the service, is it only available available for citizens living in Texas or is it other states or? Yeah, so our, our ambition is uh, to become a nationwide company. Um, at this time, you can service customers in uh, Texas, you know, Washington State, Indiana, Colorado, New Jersey, Florida, and uh, Colorado. So nice. uh, in addition to Texas, yeah. So if somebody wanted to use your site, you said they would just go to uh, easyexpunctions.com, type in their name, and w- where does it take them from there? Somebody who creates an account, uh, you know, the first thing that will happen, as long as it's in a jurisdiction that we operate in, you'll receive a, uh, a background report for no charge. So it'll show you what's on your record. And then you can unlock your eligibility status for $20, you know, uh, to determine if there's something beneficial that you can do with that um, that charge, and then we'll help you uh, throughout the process. You know, Easy X Functions today also develops uh, other products for attorneys, and so we work with attorneys in this space to uh, help them automate their processes and provide a more efficient um, service for their customers. Um, we've also developed unique products that you know attorneys um, you know don't have, which is you know, when somebody gets an expunction on disclosure. You know, they get those two main rights we talked about earlier, you know, the right to deny, the right to prohibit others from possessing or distributing that information. We developed a tool that sends notice out to um, hundreds of background check companies and mugshot websites. So that way, they receive notice that, um, you know, an expunction was granted and they can delete that from their databases. And so this helps individuals maximize the value of their judge-signed order. And so that's a tool that we license out to attorneys as well. Um, also developing platforms uh, for nonprofit organizations. Um, you know, we just signed a partnership with you know, Goodwill Industries, um, you know, uh, Goodwill Central Texas, Goodwill Houston. And, um, That's cool. You know, working with other, yeah, with other Goodwills to license out our technology to allow them to, uh, and their counselors to be able to, uh, you know, not only see uh, what's on somebody's record, what they can do about it and so they can help them get a better job very cool and so this next question this might be more of a complicated nuanced response but i'll ask it anyway so what are some of the hurdles that prevent you from moving into a state or um the things having to do with the law i'm sure there's a financial um restriction where you're there's an investment that goes in all that stuff but are, are there states that maybe there's hurdles in the way that stop um, this sort of automation from being rolled out? Yeah, certainly. I mean, um, you know, there's a number of considerations uh, that we look at as a business before we enter into a new market. Favorability of the law in that jurisdiction, you know, the, the population of folks that live there, so market size, um, trying to determine the ease of filing. So how easy is it for a pro se litigant represent themselves um, in that market and then uh, also uh, data acquisition so our, our long-term ambition is uh, 
to create the most comprehensive and uniform criminal history information database in the country. And the way we accomplish that is by you know collecting the um, criminal history information and normalizing it into our uniform data model. And so, um, you know, big consideration for us in order to be able to automate um, some of our processes requires, you know, getting that data. That's that's a big consideration for us um, as business. And then just making sure the the team's on the same page. You know, there's a lot that goes into uh, delivering this type of service uh, to people. And for us as, uh, you know, still a relatively new company, um, you know, we're focused on, uh, you know, delivering the best customer experience that we can in the markets that we operate in and trying to determine what best practices look like mm-hmm. uh, in order to scale nationwide. And so, you know, a couple staples of all of our products. And so, um, you know, before we roll out a new uh, product or, you know, enter a new market is one, you know, low cost. So we want to make sure that we can provide a product that is, uh, much lower than the cost that folks are uh, used to paying. And then two, complete consumer protections. So 100% money back guarantee. You know, we want to provide valuable products. And so for us, you know, for example, if you create an account and you purchase the $20 report and you don't qualify for an expunction, which, you know, approximately 50% of folks don't just based on the state law, uh, we will let you know that at that point. And so not like we're going to charge you to get the expunction documents and, you know, and be in the court to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, if, if it turns out you don't qualify, you know, we'll let you know at that point. I think that's probably the most valuable product uh, that we have is you know, an ability for an individual for a very low cost to be able to understand where they are, where they stand today, you know, what's on my record, what can I do about it, whether you want to go with us or you want to go with an attorney or you don't want to do anything at all. Um, it's important to have that information because you know, we think that if folks know that they're eligible, choosing not to get it done is essentially choosing to have a criminal record. And I don't know anybody who would make that choice knowing you know, the damning effects of, of having a criminal record. Right. You know, I, I think that automation and artificial intelligence, these types of things sort of get... I think they get misinterpreted and people get scared when the when they're thrown around. But with what you're talking about here, the cost savings, the access to information, um, really, it, it, I think it makes it makes the information more equal, more easily attainable, and people can make more informed decisions. So I'm curious to get your opinion on really just the future of law, the future of you know the way people find legal representation. I don't. I don't know. If maybe we will someday live in a society where there are no lawyers and it's all AI. I, I don't know. But don't hold me <laughs> things <yeah>. are. But <laughs> do you think that um, that is the? Are we moving in a direction where th- there will be more services like this, where it'll be more affordable, maybe to get, um, you know, to use a, a platform to do background checks and, and things of this nature? Certainly. Certainly. Um, there are uh, a lot of trends that we're seeing today that suggest that we're really just at the beginning of a lot of people technology. You know, historically, lawyers and law firms you know, have been seemingly either agnostic or allergic to um, technology. Mm-hmm. And um, I think today you're starting to find uh, more folks understand the opportunity uh, that is available in uh, providing you know, technology solutions for. Uh, lawyers and law firms, but 
but also um, in a lot of ways democratizing access to our legal system and our justice system by developing tools and processes that uh, allow individuals, non-lawyers, you know, pro se litigants to also be able to interact positively with the, the justice system, you know, in the event that they don't want representation. So I, I do think attorneys will always be around. I do think that, um, you know, historically they've you know, been able to benefit um, from the fact that there's not a lot of information out there. And if you want to learn this stuff, Pretty much got to go to a law mm-hmm. school or a law library, and you know today we're starting to see the digitization of a lot of this information, um, the proliferation of this data, and you know, an ability for somebody to go read a book and, you know, and and learn you know the same information that the lawyer would have utilized. And so, I do think it's important that you know uh, technology um, and we can, that we continue to see this trend of you know more and more technology being introduced into the legal system because I do think it will benefit efficiency overall. I do think that lawyers, um, you know, shouldn't be um, you know, hesitant uh, to embrace technology. In fact, if they want to be successful, I think it's important to incorporate it because your customers, I mean, your clients, you know, uh, in that situation will want uh, you to be using the best technology and, uh, and to be able to provide them with some cost savings, but also courts, you know, also government agencies. I think um, a lot of these systems are very archaic. You know, there's a lot of tools that you could develop that could make courts a lot more efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that we're starting to see more and more um, this idea that, um, you know, we need some solutions for folks that, that can't hire an attorney. And I'll tell you, you know, 90% of Americans are, are priced out from hiring an attorney. Wow. Um, you know, so it's, uh, you know, the bottom 5%, you know, will qualify for legal aid and, uh, you know, everybody else is, um, you know, not poor enough to, to qualify for legal aid. And then the top 5% will be able to afford an attorney. Um, but that middle 90% uh, historically has been left out. And it's a stretch um, for folks who reside in that, that area to be able to, to access um, the justice system or the legal system or the attorneys. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, th- I think that technology is going to help everybody who touches this ace, but I think um, you know, uh, certainly uh, uh, and maybe the biggest beneficiary might be the, the average consumer who desperately um, needs justice, but um, maybe doesn't have the, um, the finances to access it sometimes. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I mean, I, I see the evidence when I interview people who come on this show and they talk about you know, no matter really what crime they committed, the one consistent thing is that they they didn't know, you know, the really how bad it was. What you know, what the circumstances were, what the what the uh, the ultimate sentence, the ultimate time they could be serving up front, and they go with the they, all they have is a public defender, and you're basically just put your hands up at that. Nothing against public defenders. I mean, I know a lot who work hard and are doing their best, but they don't have the resources. And I, I agree with you. Um, if we can get, if we can somehow use technology to, to bridge that gap and to get people more accessibility to legal defense at a cheaper price, um, all things aside, even if you change nothing else in the justice system, that one thing is going to help. But 
uh, certainly. And I, I think that there will be other areas that uh, we can utilize our technology to provide added efficiency and convenience for folks, um, whether that's attorneys, uh, government entities, or uh, you know, individual consumers. And I think it's, it starts with information, mm-hmm. the quality information, and being able to take action uh, with that information. You know, one of the um, you know, most unfortunate uh, situations that we see sometimes is when an individual, um, you know, pleads guilty because, you know, they said, you know what, I just wanted to get it over with and serve my time. And, um, you know, uh, they, they thought that they were doing something that was expediting their ability to overcome this situation. Mm-hmm. This issue. And uh, in reality, um, you know, many jurisdictions don't allow for this function of convictions. And, um, you know, uh, so somebody who, you know, thought that they were taking the fast track to, you know, justice and resolving this and paying their debt to society um, actually took the route that will ensure that this is something that continues to bother them for the rest hmm. of their lives. And so um, that's just, you know, I think if some, you know, the citizen when they say, you know, my, I had no idea that this was going to stay on my record or that, you know, otherwise I wouldn't have been guilty or taken that deal. Um, and so, yeah, I think just, just letting people know, um, you know, giving people information they can take action on to the stuff like this. Absolutely. If you could give uh, just the, the website one more time and any, uh, any parting words. <laughs> Yeah, so it's easyexpunctions.com, E-A-S-Y-E-X-P-U-N-C-T-I-O-N-S.com. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for having us on the show today and being able to share uh, some of our story. Uh, if anybody's interested in uh, partnering with Easy Expunctions or, uh, you know, uh, being a customer, totally encourage you to come to our site um, or, you know, reach out to me. Uh, my email is uh, just my first name, Yusuf, Y-O-U-S-E-F at easyexpunctions.com. And uh, yeah, thanks uh, again for having me on the show, John. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you for coming on the show. Are you tired of banging your head against the proverbial wall of politics and getting nowhere toward actually making your life more free? Are you tired of interview podcasts that have the same guests as every other libertarian interview podcast out there? Are you tired of hearing the same news stories that you can hear on the mainstream media? then you need to listen to The Lava Flow, where we don't do politics and we don't do the major stories that exist only to divide you. We talk about news that affects you and your freedom, and we work to find solutions that can actually help you to be more free. Check us out at thelavaflow.com. Listen to We Are Libertarians at wearelibertarians.com. My name is Chris Spengel, and I host a show where we talk about the stories you and your friends are talking about, and then we give you libertarian solutions so you sound smarter when you're talking to your friends. We're going to make you sound like a genius. Tune in now at wearelibertarians.com. Are those dry, boring, run-of-the-mill political talk shows putting you to sleep on your commute or at work? Are you ready for some fun? Further blast off with Johnny Rocket is a Seattle-based podcast expressing viewpoints of free markets, voluntary exchange, badass music, wicked banner, and of course, drinking. The blast off doesn't shy from the truth, but always brings the party. Let's rock and roll, Raylene. Bring it on, Johnny. You can check us out at thelaunchpadmedia.com forward slash blast off. Again, that's thelaunchpadmedia.com forward slash blast off. 
Launchpad Media. Always launching ideas in your direction. I want to thank my guest, Yusuf Kassim, for coming on the show today. Um, really, today's episode, you know, I've been trying to get Yusuf on the show for a while just because I was so impressed with this project, with this startup, Easy Expunctions, and really the impact that it can have. And really, he exceeded my expectations with, and I was really so happy to see that really the way that I had thought about this venture, the way that I sort of see the future of automation and AI in the criminal justice, in the legal sector, aligned exactly, I think, with the way that he sees it, which is very exciting. So someone who's an entrepreneur in the industry is um, really trying to change the system from the outside. It doesn't get more libertarian than that. And I think... It's really important to point out, because I'm actually going to be debating. I I forget when the debate's scheduled for, so I don't know when it's going to air. It'll be sometime within the next month, I I would hope. But myself and Remzo Martinez are going to be debating on the topic of the universal basic income, the UBI. I will be taking the the, uh, stance of being against the UBI, and Remzo will be defending UBI. I'm pretty sure that our own Mark Clare is going to moderate the debate, but it will be broadcast on uh, Remzo's feed. But anyway, just to, you know, I don't want to go full in and give away everything that I'll be talking about during that debate, but this is one shining example. Just looking at the impact that artificial intelligence and really just at this point automation and using technology to gather information to really scale in the past when it might take five or 10 lawyers to dig into cases. Now you can sort through those cases more quickly and find the information you need in order to you know, build a defense in order to, in order to win. So when you take that on to, onto a larger scale and you start to think about what if we're able to use AI to <clears throat> level the playing field, to make it so individuals who don't have as much money and they get tied up in the criminal justice system when in the past they were screwed over and they were stuck with a public defender. Nothing against public defenders. As I said during the show, I have some good friends that are public defenders, great people. They're working hard. But on the mass scale, public defenders obviously are underfunded. And in an ideal libertarian society, you wouldn't have public defenders. You would just have defenders. And I think things, ventures like easy expunctions and more software and uh, automation that'll come along in the same vein is going to make it much, much easier for uh, those who don't have the money for this elaborate legal defense to get a great legal defense at a cheaper price from lawyers who are able to leverage the technology in order to build these cases and defend their clients. So that's the future. And that is a beautiful thing. That is the ideas of liberty changing the world. And it's it's hard for me as, as someone who's a libertarian, someone who believes in freedom and liberty and believes in the free market, the market always, always finding the best answer, the market regulating. This will be the market regulating a broken criminal justice system. So I'm not sure what Remzo's argument would be against something like this. Um, I think he's probably not even looking at it 
from this perspective, uh, how it's such a, you know, people who are for UBI are just looking at it from the perspective of, oh, the truck drivers are going to lose their jobs. What are we going to do? We're going to have all these truck drivers sitting around who can't make any money. They'll find work, okay? They'll, they'll, they'll find work. I mean, they can help these lawyers with their, with their cases. The truck drivers will find work. Maybe the truck drivers will become lawyers. It'll be so easy to be a lawyer. You won't need three years in law school. You can just stop being a truck driver, take a little YouTube course. Bam, you're a lawyer. Libertarian freedom. I love it. Anyway, if you can't tell, I love today's discussion. Um, I'm very excited for the future of what the impact of te technology can do to further the cause of liberty. Too often we get tied up in all the noise about state encroachment and infringement and everything bad that's going on. Let's talk about something good. This is something good, and I think it's uh, it's worthy to shine a light on good things every once in a while. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you like this show, if you like our other shows, if you like what we're doing here and you've been listening for – a little while, um, please consider supporting us because we make no money on this. Um, we do have a Patreon, Patreon page, a Patreon page. You can go to uh, uh, patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty and we can pick whatever level you want to support us at. There's different things that you get in return. Won't go through it here. But that is what funds us which we don't take money out of, but it helps to fund uh, you know different trips we go on to cover libertarian events. We're really excited. We're all going to make it to Porkfest again this year in June. It's going to be a freaking blast. So I would suggest anybody who's in the, I was going to say in the Northeast, but if you're in the United States, really, if you're, if you're in the world, you can make it to Porkfest. You're a libertarian. You should. It's just a, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal event. Um, I have no idea how many people were there last year, but I'm hearing it's going to be a lot bigger than it was last year. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think we all are. It's going to be, we're going to have a beer pong tournament for Liberty. You can't beat that. And we're going to have, uh, I don't know. We're, we're working with Roger Paxton on what sort of speaking roles and different. I know we're going to do a live libertarians and living rooms drinking liquor. So other things we'd like to do, but there's only so much time. I'll only be there for two days. I think. Some of the other guys might be there, might be there a little longer. But anyway, I've been rambling for too long, so I will leave it at that. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up, and the fires of liberty burning.